0: Preparation for our morning. It's really fun for me to come to this point and to be able to share what's on my mind and just be so grateful that it has come through the songs that Jonah picked and through the message that Jenna taught. So it just is this wonderful reminder that God is with us, Emmanuel, and that even we just go around just ordinary things of planning a morning together, that God is there. And he's tying these things together. And so what I want us to share is what's going to bring us some relief in our disquiet. I mean, it's been a year of disquiet, and it's really not just been one year. We're actually beginning the third year. And I, I just believe that in one way or the other, every one of us were living a bit on the edge Uh, sometimes it's just frustration, sometimes it's just fatigue, Uh, sometimes it's just, I want to just scream, Uh, sometimes we literally get sick. We're all worried. We're all anxious. What's next? What's the next disappointment? Uh, You know, here we were thinking, okay, COVID's coming down, and then all of a sudden, bam. I mean, in the past week, you know, we've had two families in our community. COVID has brushed them. And you know, thank God that it stopped with a, a member of the family, and then some of it was distant family. Thank you, Lord. Continue. Would you continue to protect us in our community? I think that part of the reason is that. Thank you so much that all of you have been willing to be vaccinated and be boosted and you know when to wear a mask and you're thoughtful and love your neighbor. I'm, that's a part of how this thing ends. So uh, apart from our families, three of the area, uh, I stay in contact with eight vineyard pastors in our area from Waco to San Antonio. Three of them uh, have, are positive and members of their family. Two of the most fittest are the sickest. So it's like, I mean, it's like, oh, my gracious. What's ne- how's this thing going to turn out? You know, what's going to happen to our economy? I'm, I've, I haven't been reading the articles that are f- forecasting. <laughs> I see that headline go, well, I'm not good. I don't need that disappointment. I don't need another anxiety in my life. I don't need to be afraid of something else. I'll just let that go. You know, what, what's going to happen with our democratic republic. I mean, my gracious. For those that uh, are younger than me, there's never, this, has never been, this has never been the political scene in America. This, this is a whole new thing, and it's tied to the, the increase of autocracy. You know what autocracy means? Autocracy is a nice way to say Dictatorship. So there's a growth of autocracy, strong men rule all over the world. And you would think that our Constitution would protect us from that, that sort of thing. I don't know, is it? I, I don't know. I, again, I'm disquieted. I'm anxious. I'm worried. And then I, then, what about, the? how's the church going to recover? I mean, I, I wish that... You know, Paul says it so well in Romans 12, don't let the world squeeze you into its mold. People who know Jesus, people who are genuinely redeemed by Jesus, people that are in a relationship with Jesus, we're we're not to be the prevailing culture. We get to step out of the culture into a kingdom culture and not to be squeezed back into the mold and And when we do, it creates tension, and it creates division. And sadly, again, I don't know that there's ever been a time in my life that the church has been as divided. I was was grateful to start the new year. A friend of mine had a brunch, and, hey, would you come say, would you guide us in prayer for the new year? And I did, and I'm really grateful that I did. And one of the prayers I prayed was about unity. And within that group of people following Jesus, people just could not avoid making snide remarks about the other side. And it was just so dis- disappointing to me. Why are we doing that? Why? I mean, why would we do that? Why, why do we just want to be one party? Why? What are we doing? So I'm, di- I, do you, I'm, 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 I'm disquieted. so what's going to bring relief over the christmas holiday i've had a couple of nights of indigestion i don't know why that would be <laughs> but i got a product in the in the in the mail and i was really kind of grateful and i had two shots of this stuff and it worked it kind of settled this you know my system needed relief so what is what's what and what is going to really Cause this new year to truly be happy. I mean, I want to be able to say, Happy New Year, Jenna, and I just can't do it. It's like, New Year. (laughs) (laughs) What's going to make the difference? Well, I'm so grateful that we're in this Christmas season because I believe that the fulfillment of our messianic expectations is what will ultimately bring the relief that we need. And we have Simeon, who was a man that just happened to be at the temple on the day that Jesus, as the firstborn son, was consecrated, set apart for God, circumcised, genuinely named, legally named Jesus. Simeon just happened to be there. And when he saw Jesus, his eyes went upward, Master, speaking to God, God Now you are dismissing your servant in peace, according to your word, for my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light of revelation to the Gentiles, and for glory to your people, Israel. My eyes have seen your salvation then I would say when when my eyes see the salvation of God, then my soul is quieted. My worries are addressed. My anxiety comes down. So what did he see? Here's the story. When the time came... For their purification, according to the law of Moses, they brought him up to Jerusalem. The them there is Mary and Joseph. They're still in Bethlehem. So they walked the six miles into Jerusalem, and they brought him, that's Jesus, to Jerusalem, to present Jesus to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male shall be designated as holy to the Lord, set apart for special service to God. And they offered a sacrifice according to what is stated in the law of the Lord. They offered what poor people could pay. A pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. And now there was a man in Jerusalem. Just happened to be a man in Jerusalem. Whose name was Simeon. And this man was righteous and he was devout. Looking forward to the consolation. The comfort. I... I, I am disquieted, and I I want the comfort of Israel to come. That's what he's looking for. I can relate to Simeon. I believe if Simeon was with us this morning, living the life where he, he would be looking for consolation, for comfort. And the Holy Spirit rested on him. He wasn't alone. The Holy Spirit was resting on him. It had been revealed to him, by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. The Holy Spirit spoke to him. This is the air I breathe. This is the bread. Your very word. You see, Simeon would have, he would have, he would have sung that song. The Holy Spirit gave him a promise to hang on to. You will not die until you see the true Messiah. Guided by the Spirit, the Spirit resting on him, the Spirit speaking to him, promising him, now the Spirit guiding him, Simeon came into the temple. And when the parents brought the child Jesus To do for him what was customary under the law. The parents, Mary and Joseph, they don't have a clue as to what's going on. They're just doing what they were to do as devout Jews. It's the eighth day after the birth of Jesus. So Mary and Joseph, with their new baby, head to the temple. And they're doing what they're doing because they love God. Now, I, 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 I want to really stress the three people mentioned in this passage are righteous and devout, and they're righteous and devout because they love God. What, what happened in Joseph's life? An angel appearing to him and saying, you will have a son before you consummate your marriage to the one that you're betrothed to. If you did not love God and God came to you with that message that you would have said, no way, I'm not doing that. So Joseph is not doing what he's doing out of obligation to the law. He's doing it out of love to God. We have got to understand, when we love God, we will do what God asks us, even when God asks us to do the amazing, impossible things. And then Mary's the same way. You're going to be impregnated by the Holy Spirit. What does that mean? But she did it. She allowed her body to be like a temple of the Son of God. So these people love God. And they're doing what they're doing out of that love, and they're following the law because that's what they know. But they're doing it motivated by relationships. The angels are speaking to them. All of these people, these three, they're all righteous and devout because they're in a relationship with God. They're not following a law. Do you get that? It's so important that we get that. It's so easy to be sucked into this legalism thing about following laws. It's not about following laws. It's about being in a relationship with a God who's in your life. Speaking to you, you're speaking to him. And you follow him and do what he asks. They went to the temple to consecrate their firstborn. Jesus was circumcised on that day. And he was in that officially called Jesus. That's the name that the angel told you. Name this child Jesus because he will deliver his people from their sins. He's the Joshua. Joshua. And Mary, she also went through a rite of cleansing after the birth of a child. So that's what they're doing. And it just so happened. What a serendipitous moment. Simeon and the family arrived at the temple at the same time on the same day. These are righteous and devout people making a divine appointment. The Holy Spirit is overseeing it all. It is so appropriate for us to recognize the Holy Spirit is who we, It's the air we breathe, the bread we eat. He's resting on Simeon. He's brought revelation. He's made known to Simeon something that Simeon would never have known on his own. You will see. The true Messiah before you die and now he's here as an old man guided that very day at that very hour and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what was customary under the law they're just going through the duties that they would do they didn't have there's they didn't they didn't wake up and hey we need to get to Jerusalem today. They don't, I don't believe they had any sense of what they're walking into. But Simeon took the baby in his arms, looked heavenward, and he praised God. Again, his declaration, Master, God, Now you are dismissing your servant in peace according to your word. You spoke a word, a promise to me that you have just fulfilled. And now I can die. I can die in peace because you fulfilled this word. My eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory dear people, to Israel. Simeon experienced the disquieting of his soul. He found peace. I, I, we don't know. I mean, how long had he lived with that expectation? I mean, we, we know he's an old man. Well, we, I mean, was it last week? <laughs> was it, you know, a month before Was it like when he was a child, a teenager, a young man? We don't know. How long had he lived with this expectation? And how, as he grew older, did he begin to wonder, is that really going to happen? How often did he visit the temple outside of the three times of the pilgrimage that as a righteous and devout Jew, that he would have gone to the temple in Jerusalem. How often do you think, maybe the Holy Spirit's nudging me there now? We don't know. How was this day any different than any other of those days? Well, obviously the outcome's different. His expectation is fulfilled. He held the true Messiah, in his arms and recognize that God's word of promise was fulfilled that moment. I'm surprised he could talk. I'm not sure I would have been able to talk. Overwhelmed by God's goodness and faithfulness. And he says, my eyes, my eyes have seen your salvation. What is, what is the Lord's salvation? Like Simeon, what must we see? What will bring peace to our disquiet? I don't know who got this photograph, but that's the Alpha and the Omega. Who is that? Who? Jesus. We don't have a photo of Jesus. You know that. We have some renderings. This is one of those renderings of what Jesus might have looked like. Salvation. Salvation. Is a person. Salvation is Jesus. My prayer for us as we enter into this new year, my expectation, my my hope is that you and I, both in the quietness of our own homes, but also as we meet together as a community, that we keep our focus fixed on Jesus. As we look to him for comfort, for consolation in our days of disquiet. There's a subtle thing about wanting what Jesus can give to us And wanting Jesus. And what I'm saying is, I want us to want Jesus. I don't want us just to want what Jesus can give us. I want us to want Jesus. I want to see Jesus. I want to see with my eyes the salvation that God has provided. It's a person. It's Jesus. And in that, in that relationship, both individually and corporately, will come comfort and consolation. He is our peace. He is our peace. So come, Holy Spirit. Come. Rest on us. Rest on all of us. Reveal to us, speak to us, guide us. Holy Spirit, my hope, my expectation is that with your help, we can keep our focus on Jesus. And to do that, we need you to rest on us, to reveal to us, and to guide us. That's my hope, O Lord, for us in this year.